What's up, guys? Welcome into the Fantasy and Sports Podcast. This is your host, Vivek Iyer. Today, this is just me on the pod. We're going to be discussing Week 2 recap, also going over Thursday night game, and we'll also preview Week 3 for y'all. So let's get right into it. So first, we got the news and recap of Week 2 plus the Thursday night game. So let's start off with the Thursday night game, as that was the most recent thing that happened. And... Honestly, the Titans looked atrocious. Mariota looked like a benchable quarterback. Looked like Tannehill was about to come in for a sec. And Gardner Minshew came out guns blazing, super strong at the start. Uh, DJ Chark kept his streak going with three games straight of touchdowns, three elite games in a row. Looking like someone who can become a weekly flex, maybe a wide receiver too, depending on your roster construction. But the main thing I want to discuss here are two running backs, Derrick Henry and Leonard Fournette. Now, Leonard Fournette's stat line doesn't look all too bad. He had 60 or something yards on 15 attempts. He got six passes for uh, 23 yards. It, It looks great, or at least it looks solid. You're happy with that, especially going against a tough Titans defense. Leonard Fournette had a 69 yard run. And you may be thinking, how would he have gone 60-something yards on uh, the, on total if he had a 69-yard run? He had 14 carries before, or he had 14 carries other than that run for net negative yardage. And man, that that's simply horrible. I mean, Leonard Fournette didn't look anything like his what he could have been coming out of college in that game. And he faced stack boxes throughout that game. So something a bit concerning there in the fact that he couldn't really get it going on the ground. He did receive, or he did catch six passes, something that was missing previously in his career. He had always been able to catch two to three passes a game, but looks like he's taking a next step, hitting six targets in this game and having a strong week one and week two in the reception department. Now, the concerns here. Number one, that offense simply isn't very good. And although he did catch six passes, there's still a chance that he gets underutilized in negative game script situations. Leonard Fournette just didn't look good. However, I am buying low if I can. I want to paint the picture like this. Leonard Fournette... 14 carries for negative yardage, broke one long run, but that run was so improbable. If you watch the replay of that, he goes straight up the middle like the rest of his runs and somehow manages to maneuver himself around the rest of the defense. So I want to paint it like that, but I also want those receptions. I feel like Larry Fournette's efficiency will never be great. It will never be great in this offense. It will never be great based on the run style and the play calling that's happening in Jacksonville. But I think that his efficiency will definitely improve from ne- from negative yardage. And the fact that he is catching cis passes with Gardner Minshew uh, at the helm, I think that just means that he has some value that people won't necessarily see. So I'm going to try to send offers out for him. Definitely something that's slightly risky because of the fact that uh, he just didn't look good this game, but they don't really have anyone else 
there in that backfield. Right, Kyle Armstead, Armstead is kind of just a guy. So I think Leonard Fournette is a potential by low candidate. Not my top one, but certainly one to try. Now, Derrick Henry is someone I'm a bit concerned about because in the first two weeks, he looked like he did in the last four weeks of the season. He looked amazing. Definitely the best running back in that backfield. I mean, he pretty much always was. But when they fell down, uh, when they were down against the Jacksonville Jaguars, you saw how Deion Lewis was starting to get in there a bit more. And the fact is that we know Derrick Henry is not a pass-catching running back. Sure, he had that one pass for 75 yards and touchdown, but that was basically just him being able to get yards with his legs, kind of like a running play. He caught the ball right before that. He isn't utilized in the passing game. This means that, especially in PPR, if he gets game scripted out, he has the potential to bust in a big way in certain games. He saved his week with a touchdown there. I believe he had 40-40 yards or something like that and one touchdown there. So he saved his week off of that. So yeah, I'm a bit concerned about Derrick Henry. And I feel like... If you could sell him after these three weeks, and obviously he's going to have those boom weeks where he puts up 20, 25, 30, even 30 fantasy points because he gets the touchdowns. But it's just a not, it's not a good offense. And Derrick Henry, I, I don't know. I just feel like he isn't a consistent option in PPR, given the fact that the Titans look horrible one and two and that they may fall behind in certain game scripts. Next, we're going to recap week two. So in week two, basically, the Ravens offense was one of the storylines. They kept on clicking. Lamar Jackson had 120 plus rushing yards and two touchdowns, passing on 37 attempts and 272 yards through the air. And the 37 attempts is something very important to look at because last year he was in the 20s and... If Lamar Jackson continues passing at this high of a rate and being as efficient as he has been, then Lamar Jackson has a legitimate shot to finish as the number one quarterback in fantasy this year. He could be a league winner based on where you drafted him. Now, I think regression is coming in that department. Obviously, I feel like Lamar Jackson, he just can't sustain this. He was against the Cardinals. He was against um, the the Dolphins. So both those are very important defenses. This week he gets Kansas City. So great play this week as well. But I feel like eventually Lamar Jackson will fall off. It's just, I still think he will be good even when he falls off. And he will finish as a top five quarterback in fantasy this year. Based on how broken the rushing scoring is in comparison to passing uh, in most standard settings. Now, Marquise Brown's snap percentage went up astronomically with 13 targets in this game, seeing the field for over 50% of snaps, had eight catches for 86 yards, looked as electric as we saw in college. He is so incredibly fast, honestly. His 40 time, if he had run the 40, it could have been in the low 4.3s, maybe even high 4.2s, which is... Something incredible. And I feel like Marquise Brown is going to be someone who's a low-end wide receiver too rest of the way. I want to see one more week first. I want to see, even though it is against another bad defense, I want to see if Marquise Brown continues getting the target share, even if he doesn't get 
all the receptions, even if he doesn't get all the yardage, if his target share and snap percentage are up, then I feel like Marquise Brown is locked in as a wide receiver to rest of the season. Mark Andrews is now a top, probably a top five tight end. You obviously have Kelsey, Ertz, Kittle, Ingram, and probably Mark Andrews. He received eight catches for 112 yards and a touchdown here. He, he's a stud. He's locked and loaded this week, especially against Kansas City. They must pass the ball, and Andrews will receive a massive target share here. So, yeah, he's a definitely a start this week. Justice Hill received practically no usage when Mark Ingram went down with an injury as compared to what we would have thought. Gus Edwards got a lot of those carries, so something concerning there. I'd drop him in leagues. I don't think he has much value besides a handcuff. Now, Drew Brees went down six weeks. They haven't put him on IR, which is good news, meaning he won't. He probably won't be out for more than eight weeks. But, yeah, Drew Brees going down means that the whole offense is very severely negatively affected. Because although Bridgewater and Hill aren't horrible backup quarterbacks, the issue is just Brees, the disparity between one of the greatest of all time and just a guy at the quarterback position is incredible. And this basically means that the only players you can start from that offense with any sort of confidence are Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara. And Kamara, he definitely will take a hit. I see him as a low-end running back one, a very low-end running back one, and Thomas as a low-end wide receiver one, just getting the target share there. And I really want to see this week how that all shakes out. Big Ben is out for the year. And, yeah, it's, it's horrible news for that whole offense, for him. Juju Smith-Schuster takes a big hit. Ari wasn't looking amazing at the start of the season. But, yeah, definitely takes a hit with Mason Rudolph. James Washington, I feel like, gets a, a bump. It may not sound like that should happen, but James Washington, Mason Rudolph have a connection going back to college. And in the preseason where James Washington has looked like a stud, it's always been with Mason Rudolph under center. So there de I definitely have some interest for James Washington if he's on your waivers because someone dropped him, seeing targets of Moncrief, definitely go pick him up. Moncrief, by the way, is droppable. I don't even think he will be in there in wide receiver, in three wide receiver sets. So... He's definitely droppable right now. James Conner is dealing with a knee injury. Looks like he will play, uh, but definitely somebody a monitor. James Conner, I'm scared for him too. I feel like the touchdown upside won't be there. And yeah, I, I feel like he legitimately has a chance to lose his starting job. If he's out this week and Jalen Samuels becomes a running back, I feel like there is a chance that Jalen Samuels takes over, at least gets more in part of a timeshare with James Conner. So I think that James Conner is someone to legitimately feel concerned about. Eli Manning was benched for Daniel Jones in week three. Really experimental week. You're starting the obvious ones. You're starting Saquon, of course. You're starting Evan Ingram. But yeah, you really want to see what the offense does who he targets, who he favors, before you make any conclusions like, oh, Sterling Shepard's going to get a big bump or a big drop down. 
Damian Williams is out for their game against the Ravens. And McCoy is dealing with a knee injury. Apparently, they're going to monitor his usage. So Darwin Thompson suddenly becomes a viable deep flex play with a lot of upside later in the season. If he looks good here, he could end up becoming part of that timeshare and eventually taking over the lion's share of those carries. That's why everyone liked him earlier in the season. They thought he was more talented than any of those other running backs in the backfield. Uh, that was obviously before McCoy, but honestly, McCoy, he's looked good with the Chiefs, but Thompson really wants to see what he could do. One of the most elusive backs in college, so definitely something to monitor there, definitely worth a pickup in all leagues. Jordan Reed is still in the concussion protocol. I don't think he plays. He's had so many concussions, I believe, seven recorded concussions. Yeah, I just don't see him playing if he hasn't practiced yet. Vernon Davis, fire him up for at least one more week. Someone has a decent tight end play here. His matchup entails he is going against the Bears. Obviously, a horrible matchup there. But, yeah, if you need a streamer, you could definitely start Vernon Davis. Jalen Ramsey demands a trade. Not too many fantasy impacts here. Micah Fitzpatrick trade to Steelers for 2021st. Like we high with the Big Ben news. I'm not sure if it makes the most sense in the world for Steelers, but... It's a move they made. They reportedly like him, liked him coming out. CJ Anderson was cut. This is some sneaky big news here because it opens the door for a Carrion Johnson breakout. The fantasy community was all over Carrion Johnson being breakout this year, and we all thought that Carrion could be next year drafted in the first round or the early part of second. But yeah, we just saw how. He was taken off the field for some third downs throughout preseason, even in the regular season. And the Lions still haven't had many, if at all, any goal line attempts. So carry on hasn't been able to really show himself there either. It opens the door for Ty Johnson as a deep league, 16 league, multiple flex position, flex play, someone to stash as a carry on owner or as actually any owner because he has a chance to receive some work, fill in a CJ Anderson-like role. He was already involved before that, so yeah, T.Y. Johnson has a chance to be somewhat fantasy relevant here, more more so just to exist in the, as a thorn in the side of all carry-on uh, owners. So now we're going to run through the injuries pretty fast here. So Breeze has six-week Minimum timeline with the tournament with the torn ligament in his thumb. Big Ben is on IR out for a season. Connor potentially this week. Gallup is out for two to four weeks. This is fairly big news as he is coming along. His breakout gives a bump to Amari Cooper. Uh, just in the target share department, I I love tar- Amari Cooper and this new offense, Kelmore offense. I feel like the offenses just look a lot better in general, and Amari Cooper. Put together two nice games here, showing the connection with Dak Prescott. I feel like he's definitely someone who could be drafted as a mid-tier wide receiver one next season. Devin Singletary is out for this game. Fire up Frank Gore. Always seems to get it done, but yeah, Gore is definitely someone you could plug in into your lineup for a volume play. Figures to get 15-plus touches in this game so yeah may not be the most efficient running back but he will get the work 
Cam has a foot injury, likely out this week. You aren't starting him if he plays. If he doesn't play, then, I mean, you're still starting CMC. DJ Moore is interesting. Curtis Samuels are interesting. But if you have better options, I'd probably fade both. But, I mean, if you have to start them, I guess you can. They're definitely start-worthy. It's just they're on the lower end of that spectrum. And Joku has a concussion. And not injury, he's out for this week. Chris Conley is questionable. LaShawn McCoy has an ankle injury. He's, I think he's going to play. It's just we don't know if his workload will be the same amount as it always is. And actually, uh, news that just came out, David Njoku is placed on IR with a broken wrist, so he will not be playing for uh, a lot more time. So definitely, it, it it's something horrible for the guy. I feel like Njoku... He was touted by a lot of the fantasy community as having a potential to break out as a tight end. Obviously, a target share wouldn't have been as good as uh, you would like, but he had the touchdown upside in a very good offense. Then we have Damian Williams is out. Jacobs and Tyrell Williams are questionable. Josh Jacobs has a groin injury and has sickness. Last week was plugged in to IV bags, so I really don't want to start him if I can help it, but Jacobs is definitely in play as a start based on where you drafted him, likely what you have on your roster. Djax is out for two weeks minimum uh, with the rib injury, so yeah. Fire up Nelson Aguilar. Looks like Jeffrey won't play either, so yeah. Aguilar is someone you could play as a starter. JJ Arcega, Whiteside, and deeper leagues. Beneficiaries include Bridgewater, Rudolph, James Washington, Jalen Samuels, if Connor missed any time, Randall Cobb, because Gallup is gone, Gore, Darwin Thompson, Darren Waller, if either of them missed time, just a higher target share, Aguilar, JJ Arzegel-Whiteside. So now we're going to get started with the week three preview. But before then, if any of y'all are on PodCoin, it is shutting down within a week or so. So please. Don't want to lose you here, so please check us out, Fantasy and Sports Podcast, on Apple Podcasts, on Google Podcasts, on Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. I know that y'all listened. A lot of my listeners came from PodCoin, but yeah, please migrate on over to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Radio Public, wherever you get your podcasts, guys, and we'll continue supplying that content. Thank you so much. All right, so here's the week three preview. First, we have the Dolphins and Cowboys. It's simple. You start all your Cowboys. You're starting Dak, Zeke, Amari Cooper. Randall Cobb is in play as a flex. And, I mean, Jason Wynn in deeper leagues if you need a tight end. And after Njoku or after Jared Cook, you can play him. You're not starting any of the Dolphins here with any sort of confidence. I think we'll just leave it at that. And you're starting the Cowboys DST, obviously. One of the highest, one the highest projected total points for the Cowboys of any team in the league this week. So, so you're starting all those Cowboys. You're starting the Cowboys DST. Yeah, that's pretty much it for that game. So next we have the Bengals and Bills. Bengals. Joe Mixon has looked very bad in the past two weeks. 
just really hasn't been clicking, hasn't gotten the work, hasn't had the efficiencies. Something I'm watching out for there. You're starting Tyler Boyd. You're starting John Ross, likely, unless you have better options. It's a very disadvantageous matchup. Bills have a very good defense. So I think you're going to start Tyler Boyd just for target volume. But John Ross has a potential for this to be a regression week. Uh, Last week, he saved his week, in a sense, by having a long touchdown in the last minute of the game. So something lucky there. I feel like he has a chance to regress this week. I'm benching him if I can, but I recognize that a lot of people have to start him. For the Bills, you're starting Frank Orr has high-end RB3 this week. You're getting a lot of work, or a low-end RB2. You're getting a lot of work here. So, yeah, you're starting up Frank Orr. You're also playing John Brown against the Bills. I mean, he's had an incredible target share in the past few weeks. And you're starting Josh Allen because the Bengals' defense is pretty bad, and you could definitely get a lot of yards on them. Josh Allen has a rushing floor as well. Next, we have the Eagles and the Lions. The Eagles suffering with a lot of injuries to wide receiving core. For the Eagles, you're probably starting Nelson Aguilar, uh, someone who is a great waiver wire pickup this week. You're probably starting Carson Wentz here. And Miles Sanders is interesting. Miles Sanders hasn't gotten the work he needs to be, fancy, to be the fantasy star some perceived him to be earlier in the offseason. So it's definitely a situation to monitor there. I feel like it won't ever be a workhorse situation with the Eagles and Doug Peterson, but if Miles Sanders can carve out a substantial role for himself, he could be someone who uh, greatly contributes to a championship run based on where you drafted him. Now for the Lions, you're starting on Johnson after CJ Anderson news especially. You're starting Kenny G. You're starting... Well, actually, that's pretty much it. You could start Marvin Jones here, but it all depends on matchup and what options you have. He's a wide receiver three for me this week. All right, next we have the Jets and the Patriots. Oh, and we have some news that uh, recently broke. One of them being one of them being that Antonio Brown is now released by the Patriots, so you're definitely not starting him there based on some text messages that just got out about what he sent to his latest accuser. And yeah, Antonio Brown's off the Patriots, and we're not really going to discuss about him a lot more. I don't think he gets a job in the league, at least this year. But yeah, so you're starting James White. You're starting Julian Edelman. You're starting Josh Gordon. You're starting all these guys because now they suddenly have a lot more value. You're starting Sony Michelle. You're starting Tom Brady. You're starting a lot of the Patriots this week. On the Jets side, you're starting Lev Bell, and that's all you can start with conviction. Lev Bell last week, 10 receptions out of the backfield. Yeah, their, their third string rhyme, uh, quarterback, Luke Falk, is really targeting Le'Veon Bell, playing it close to the line of scrimmage. Someone in PPR who can be amazing for you this week. So next, we have the Falcons and the Colts. The Falcons, it's going to be interesting seeing how Devonta Freeman plays this week. If he doesn't play well, it's definitely time to panic because he's looked awful in the first two weeks, splitting time equally with Edo Smith. 
Yeah, that's that's just a, a situation to monitor. Marlon Mack is now injured. He practiced today. We will see if he continues. If he's ruled in during the week, you're starting him because he's received the most carries in the NFL so far. If he's out, Jordan Wilkins becomes an interesting low-end flex play, as is Naeem Hines, especially in PPR format. And, yeah, on the Colts, you're starting T.Y. Hilton. You're starting Marlon Mack if he's healthy. That's pretty much all that you could start with conviction. Now, on the Falcon side, you're starting Devonta Freeman, most likely based on where you drafted him. You're starting Matt Ryan. You're starting Julio. You're starting Calvin Ridley. That's pretty much it there. Next, we have the Raiders and the Vikings. The Raiders, Josh Jacobs and Tyrell Williams are injured currently. I'm not sure if Josh Jacobs plays, even if he does. I feel like could be in limited capacity if they go down. So Josh Jacobs is playable, but definitely someone I'm concerned about. You're starting Tyrell Williams if he plays. You're starting Darren Waller if he plays. That's pretty much it. On the Viking side of the ball, the passing volume just simply hasn't been there. You're starting Thielen. Diggs is someone I'm a bit scared about. If you have better option, if you have, I got this question the other day. If you have Calvin Ridley or you have Stephon Diggs, I'm starting Ridley this week. Yeah, it, he just hasn't gotten target share. Kirk Cousins hasn't passed the ball enough. Cousins is a streamable asset this week. But yeah, it's contingent on how much passing volume he gets. Dalvin Cook locked and loaded as one of the top three, top four, three, top three running backs on this slate. He, he he's just looked amazing in these past few games. And someone you're starting with conviction, you're automatically starting him, basically. Next we have the Ravens and the Chiefs. It's simple. You're starting Sammy Watkins. You're starting. Patrick Mahomes, you're starting Travis Kelsey. You can start Mecole Harmon and Demarcus Robinson. Uh, Mecole and Demarcus looked great last week. Definitely someone if you need a higher and someone with upside, definitely go with those two. On the Ravens, you're starting Jackson as well as Marquise Brown, Mark Andrews, Mark Ingram as well if he plays. And yeah, that's... That's pretty much in this game. It's going to be a very high over-under game and some place with a lot of points. I'd say that although the Ravens' defense is pretty strong, Patrick Mahomes has just shown that he's better than any defense anyone could throw at him. Yeah, you're starting practically everyone you can. This is a game you want to get all pieces on. And things I'm looking for mainly is just Robinson versus Hardman who really steps into that wide receiver two role or if they both share it pretty equally. Next, we have the Broncos and the Packers. Packers, Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams. There was news that came out with Matt LaFleur saying that he wants to even split touches, which makes absolutely no sense. I don't understand why LaFleur is doing this, but something to be concerned about for Aaron Jones. You're starting him this week. You're not starting Jamal Williams, but it's a long-term concern in this offense. You're starting, you're probably starting Rodgers. He hasn't looked amazing here, but definitely someone who could put up high, or who could put up QB1 numbers this week. And you're starting Devonta Adams. Marquez Valdez-Scantling can be used as a flex play as well. Adams has a difficult matchup in Chris Harris Jr. As Chris Harris Jr. started to shadow going back to last week here. So 
it it is a tough matchup, but he's Devonta Adams getting uh, targets from Aaron Rodgers. You're starting him this week. Next, we have the Panthers and the Cardinals. For the Panthers, you you're not starting either of their quarterbacks. You're Christian McCaffrey is Christian McCaffrey. He he's he's obviously a locked in start. DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel, I'm a bit hesitant on, but I feel like you can definitely play DJ Moore. Curtis Samuel is someone I'd like to wait and see on if you have better options available. For the Cardinals, Kyler Murray is someone you could start in season long in DFS. He's thrown so many passes in the past few weeks, and his rushing totals haven't really started, so he can add that to his game. Yeah, he, he's a good start this week. Christian Kirk, Larry Fitzgerald, both startable against the Panthers, and David Johnson as well. For as per David Johnson, David Johnson's coming off a wrist injury, I believe, and honestly hasn't gotten the same amount of work as he used to receive, especially in the rushing game. So it's something to be a bit concerned about if you can move him now, sell high, or at least just sell at his current value. That's something to consider. I, I, I'd probably do it given on roster construction and how much people are willing to pay for that. Now we have the Giants and the Buccaneers. We we already touched on this a lot. You're starting Saquon. You're starting Evan Ingram. Don't want to start anyone else. Starting Shepard if you're in PPR. Can be in play, but I wouldn't. Buccaneers, I'm staying away from all the running backs. If you need a, a flex with a likely floor is going to be Peyton Barber. None of the other running backs. Jameis Winston is a streamable quarterback against the Giants. And you're starting Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, although it's been it's been rough if you've had Mike Evans based on what you expected him to be. But I feel like against this giant secondary, he has a chance to go deep, catch a ball, uh, get a lot of yardage, maybe pick up a touchdown there, and overall just be targeted a lot in this game. OJ Howard, my God. It seems like Bruce Arians just doesn't use tight ends. And this was something we knew entering this year, but... The fantasy community as a whole, a lot of people thought that because he hadn't had someone as talented as a OJ Howard, people thought that he would still be utilized. Unfortunately, he isn't. So he is a he's more of a borderline, not not necessarily borderline, but he's a low end tight end one this week. Definitely someone you're disappointed at where you draft him at, but I feel like he could be started in this plus matchup. Next, we have the Saints and the Seahawks. We already discussed the Saints uh, ball a lot. For the Seahawks, it's interesting to see if Chris Carson and Rashad Penny, how that backfield splits out because Carson last week had one recorded fumble, practically one other fumble as well. And after that, it seemed to be that Pete Carroll was punching him by playing Penny a lot, and Penny looked good, over averaging over six yards per carry, getting a touchdown. Will they make it more of a timeshare is what I'm very concerned about here. So, yeah, somebody I'm watching, you could start Carson, Penny. I probably wouldn't give him the Saints astute run defense, but, I mean, in 16-team leagues, you could definitely put him in as your flex. Texans and Chargers, an interesting game and just as pure NFL. For Chargers, you're starting Austin Eckler, one of the best running backs in fantasy, uh, top three so far looked amazing, looked electric, catching PPR, getting touchdowns. 
He's locked and loaded as a top five play this week. You also have Keen Allen, who's another one locked in as a high-end wide receiver one this week against this Texans secondary. You can start Phillip Rivers as a streamable asset, and that's and you can start Mike Williams as well. On the side of the Texans, you got DeAndre Hopkins, obvious. He's he's locked and loaded every single week. Deshaun Watson. I really want to see how Kiki QT versus Kenny Still plays out. But yeah, I'm also starting Will Fuller this week against that depleted secondary based on like Derwin James going down, his replacement going down. They're on the third string linebacker there. So something to keep in mind when you're considering playing Texans players and players going forward. Next, we got the Steelers and the Niners. Steelers, Mason Rudolph, maybe in a 2QB league as a streamer, you could start him. But other than that, you're, you're definitely playing Juju if you have him. James Washington is a sneaky flex play. I'd love to wait a week to see how the offense looks like, but I feel like he can be a flex play right off the bat. Vance McDonald, you're starting him coming off of a good week last week. And you're starting James Conner if he plays. If not, Jalen Samuels is a start for you there. On the Niners side of things, we got Jimmy G as a streamable candidate. Matt Breida, Raheem Mostert, all startable. And Debo Samuel is someone you could start in your flex if you're a bit desperate. Debo last week received a lot of the targets in that offense, received seven targets. Looked good with those targets, so yeah, it's definitely someone you have to consider in your flex in a deeper league. Dante Pettis, he's droppable, although last week he saw a lot more snaps. He just did, doesn't get the targets, and don't know why. He looked electric last year, but yeah, maybe in camp he took a step back. Camp rumors were negative, so regardless, you can drop him now. Uh, I'm officially off of Dante Pettis. Now we got the Rams and the Browns. Interesting game, pure football. A lot of starts here. You're starting Nick Chubb. You're starting Baker Mayfield. You're starting OBJ, Jarvis Landry. I wasn't high on Jarvis Landry entering the, se- entering the season based on all the pass-catching options there. I feel like that the injuries to Rashad Higgins and David Njoku will help him out in that department. Someone you can buy low on after a couple weeks here. And on the Rams side, you're starting Gurley. I mean, he isn't, he's definitely not going to be what he was last year for fantasy owners, but he still can be a serviceable high end RB2 in this electric offense. You're starting the three Rams pass catchers. And Jared Goff is someone in play as a low end QB1 this week. Although he uh, low-end QB1, high-end QB2 going against a difficult defense, I still think you could start him depending on league format. Next and last, we have the Bears and the Redskins. Monday Night Football features Mitchell Trubisky and Case Keenum. Yeah, this is what Monday Night Football has resulted in. You cannot start Mitchell Trubisky with any confidence. You cannot start either of the quarterbacks with any confidence. You're starting Scary Terry McLaurin as a as a wide receiver three this week, someone against a difficult defense, you don't want to start him, but in your flex, you definitely can. For the Bears, you're probably starting David Montgomery. Got a lot more work last week. 
I'm very scared about Tyreek Cohen trying to sell him in all my leagues because Anthony Miller is going to come back, play a lot in the slot, and I just don't see a role for Cohen to really be effective there. So, yeah, I'm trying to sell him right now. So I'd say you're playing Allen Robinson, you're playing David Montgomery, and that's pretty much it. I would not take the risk on Tariq Cohen. I know a lot of people will disagree with me, a lot of people will want to, but I don't know. I just couldn't I just can't do it. Like I can't play Tariq Cohen. I just don't know if he's going to be great play in the upcoming weeks and throughout the rest of the season. And that's it for this podcast, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Before we go, just like to say one last word about Podcoin. I know Podcoin's going to be ending soon, so we'll just get this one in here. So what is up, guys? There's a platform, probably not new anymore, called Podcoin that pays you to listen to podcasts. Here's how it works. You listen to podcasts, and then you get paid Podcoin while you listen. Then you can turn that in for gift cards at places like Amazon or Starbucks. Get really whatever you want, favorite frap, anything off of Amazon. What you should do is go and download the app on iPhone or Android and sign up using a code Fantasy Sports. That again, that sign up using a code Fantasy Sports to get 300 popcorn just for signing up. Listen to your favorite podcast and hopefully this one of them with popcorn with my code. All right, that's it for this podcast, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Yeah, be sure if you're on Podcoin, please, please, please migrate on over to a different platform. We don't want to lose you as listeners. It's been really great getting to getting to see that all y'all are listening, getting that fantasy advice, joining the fantasy and sports community. So please go on, check us out at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Radio Public, wherever you listen to podcasts here. Additionally, be sure to follow me on Twitter at Fancy and Sport. I'll be po- I post weekly waiver wire ads, uh, stuff that I can't necessarily say on the podcast just based on when I record. So if you want to know my waiver wire ads, go there, check that out. And yeah, that's it for this podcast, guys. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye.